our heart often speaks first mm -hmm. and then all the noise comes in. When I think about who I was and my personality and my desires and my dreams, at the earliest ages I can remember, just the, the curiosity, the imagination, the spirit of play, I look back on it and I say, that is the, the authentic me. And then all of these layers got piled on of society and media and parents and religion. And this is what you need to do to get a job, go to college, yada, yada, yada. And so I think the authentic thing is there first. Notice when you're trying to make a decision or notice when you're exploring some options for yourself that your intuition may not be the loudest voice, but it's often the thing that speaks first. It's that spark of an idea that you have that says, hey, what if you did this? And if we don't pick up the intuition, if we don't listen to that voice right away, then all the noise kicks in and drowns it out. And I think people often lose track of that original inspiration. Hey, if you are somebody that is super excited about your business, but not so excited about the way things are going in the world to this week, we're not going to be talking necessarily about marketing sales. We are going to talk about mindset for yes, sure, but we're not talking about finances, nuts and bolts. We're talking about what's going on inside of your head mm -hmm. and how that can be affecting your business. But also because so many of you are service providers, we provide a service to the world that we believe if it had greater acceptance, has the potential to impact and change the world. It also affects the service that you provide. You're not able to be your best self when the weight of the world is weighing on you. And, you know, there's so many things that are going on in the world today that, you know, you turn, you turn to social media and you see all of these things happening and it's almost impossible to not allow those things to affect us as human beings. And I don't mean that negatively. Like right. it just affects you because we care. We're human, yeah. But then that we talk about that most business problems are personal problems in disguise. I've been shifting that to most business problems are relationship problems. Starting with relationship with Starting self. Starting with relationship with self. And so when these things are going on, we, we tend to alter our relationship with ourselves. We feel bad. We alter our relationships with the people we work with. We alter our relationships with the people we work for that we serve. And then we start down this path. And so for all of you that are kind of feeling that, that you're like, yeah, I get it, right? I, I, I'm feeling it. Now, I don't know what to believe. I don't know what to think. Well, we decided to get America's life coach. That would be the perfect solution, right? To help you navigate these questions and things that you're dealing with. Yeah. Stefan Lovegrove is on the None of Your Business podcast. Stefan, thanks for being with us. Absolutely. Hi, Sean. Hi, Lacey. Uh, I'm so glad to be here. And uh, I really want to just let people know that I'm hoping this is a conversation about you. I feel like if people are listening to this podcast, they're probably responsible for a lot, maybe have a lot of people that they have to lead, a lot of things they have to manage. Uh, but I'm hoping that this can be a conversation where we take care of you 
And if awesome. your mindset, your heart, your any anything going on inside of there needs a little care or support, we are here for you. And of course, your business deserves the best version of you. Awesome. Absolutely. Before we jump into that, we always ask our guests this first question because it's easy when you are literally, and I'm going to come to that later on, like how do you get to become America's life coach. Great story there. But when you are literally America's life coach, a lot of people, it's easy for people to say, well, that's because, Stefan, you're America's life coach. You were probably born. You were connected. <laughs> you, you were connected to America. You. That's why you are America's life coach. Um, tell us your creation story, because for so many people, it is important for us to understand where you came from and how you evolved into this. Also, because I know that a lot of life coaches listen to the program, mm -hmm. and I always say this, you must emulate the trajectory, not the destination. So if you look at someone like Stefan and you're like, wow, I want to be just like him. So you just try to become just like him and you don't know the path, the journey, the journey. Emulating the trajectory will lead you to become like Stefan. So Stefan, tell us about your journey to get here. That is so good. I love that principle. So I was actually born into a fundamentalist religious cult. Uh, I have a good number of relatives actually still in that. Uh, and that is the world that I was born into in the rural Southeastern United States. And so I grew up uh, as this cute little gay kid growing up in that world and really in a world that didn't understand me or have space for me. And, you know, even from the time I was very, very little, I would go to my tree house out in the backyard and I would sit there and I, I could close my eyes and imagine myself on TV and hosting things and all of these different things and helping people. And I could envision these things, but there was no context for that in the world that I grew up in. And so I know a lot of people feel like my, you know, my family's unsupportive, my coworkers are unsupportive, my friends or, or neighbors are unsupportive. I get that because that was where my story began. And I ended up coming out of the closet, obviously, as a gay man, no shocker there. Uh, and in the process of that, I got kicked out of the house, got kicked out of that world, and really had to restart everything at 18 years old. And so a lot of the big questions that I find people often hit decades further down the line, they all kind of hit for me at that point in terms of why are we here? What is life about? What is my purpose? You know, these, these big picture things and just what was true for me and what I believed I found myself having to confront all at that point. And so first I did a bunch of therapy uh, and it was a, a necessary tool for sure in processing a lot of trauma. But then I found this coach, thanks to social media, uh, didn't live in the same city as him at all, but found him on social media, started engaging with his content. And there was really a powerful message there that spoke to me and that was all it took for me to reach out and so then i began this journey of coaching not first and foremost as a, a business idea but just as a, i need to heal and and transform some things myself and that was my gateway into personal development and i really became obsessed with 
having conversations that have the ability to change people's lives. And so uh, that's where it all started. Lots of evolutions, but I've still been trying to have that kind of conversation ever since. It's That's such a powerful story. And it makes me think about, and it, it almost makes me sad, not your story, but sad to think about other people out there that were little kids just like you. And they were envisioning and manifesting this life that they were called to. And because of the environment or the lack of support or the things in their world, they diluted their dreams for others. And they never end up being able to live out their life like you are. And I see that so often. People just dilute down what they want for themselves because of everybody else around them. And do you find that often in your work? Is that something that you run into with, you know, grandiose, uh, you know, visionaries and people that are trying to achieve things? Yeah. One of the things I always remind my clients of is that our heart often speaks first mm -hmm. and then all the noise comes in. And so I think this is true on a lot of levels. You know, when I think about who I was and my personality and my desires and my dreams at the earliest ages I can remember, just the, the curiosity, the imagination, the spirit of play, I look back on it and I say, that is the, the authentic me. And then all of these layers got piled on of society and media and parents and religion. And this is what you need to do to get a job, go to college, yada, yada, yada. And so I think the authentic thing is there first yeah. because it's the real you. And so I would say that to anybody listening that notice when you're trying to make a decision or notice when you're exploring some options for yourself, that your intuition may not be the loudest voice, but it's often the thing that speaks first. It's that spark of an idea that you have that says, hey, what if you did this? And if we don't pick up the intuition, if we don't listen to that voice right away, then all the noise kicks in and drowns it out. And I think people often lose track of that original inspiration. Mm. And the world right now, it's so loud, you know? I mean, I think that people right now are experience more noise than they have in most of their lifetimes. So you tell them to listen to the spark and that initial intuition. But what if we're not really good at that? And then we we quiet it down and the noise gets really loud. How can we how can we backtrack or how can we go back to that if we've gone down that rabbit hole of, of all the other stories and listening to all the other noise? Well, I think for most people, it may require a pattern interruption. Um, mm -hmm. And I think the good news is I don't know almost anyone who has lived through the last couple of years here whose life or business was not interrupted in some way. And the good news about all of that is that, you know, we all have realized, hopefully, that we're, we might have been more resilient than we knew, right? Like I have clients, I'll just tell you, I have clients who used to be so strict about the details and I need to control it all and it all has to go my way. And they've had to kind of loosen their grip and be a little more resilient with interruptions and things simply because of what we've all been living through. But the reality is you can't live life on autopilot, particularly you can't just scroll social media on autopilot and let that dictate everything and have a great life. You know, I just don't believe that you can. It's it's not 
designed to support you in getting what you want and building your business and creating your dreams. It's designed to keep you distracted and addicted and coming back again and again. And so I think for most of us, it's going to take a deliberate choice that, you know what, I'm going to have to stop living on autopilot. I'm going to have to stop scrolling. uh, And I'm going to have to carve out some time, even if it's 20, 30 minutes a day, even if it's 10 minutes you're starting out with, I'm going to carve out some time to sit with myself, to listen for that inner guidance, to remind myself what matters. And I think it's a conscious choice that we all have to make, not just one time, but really again and again and again to really silence the noise and reset. Mm. Let's talk about fear. So you come flying right out of the gate and you are who you are. And a lot of people admire that from afar. And a lot of people say, I wish I could be that way. And I love when we find people who are true expressions of their, of their authentic self unabashedly, because what it does is it inspires other people. But at the same time, the feedback we hear. Oh my gosh, I love listening to Stefan. And then it's followed by, I wish I could be the same. Now, a lot of the people that listen to this program are in healthcare and they have varied views. You know, we just lived through or maybe still are living through a pandemic. Masks, no masks, vaccines, no vaccines, boosters. But here's what people are afraid of. Walk us through the fear or overcoming the fear of being canceled. So we're talking to business owners and maybe they're like, but I don't want to say who I am because I'll be canceled. How do we overcome that? Okay. So I love this discussion, uh, mainly because I feel like I've walked clients through every angle of it. Um, I feel like I have both stopped cancellations supported people mid-cancellation, helped craft <laughs> statements in the midst of a attempted cancellation. Like I, I'm not in PR, but I joke with my clients in those moments because those are the moments where people say, you have more Olivia Pope in you than I thought, oh Stefan. And I'm like, listen, I've, I've moved people through some things. So, so I, I'm very comfortable having this conversation. And I have a couple of thoughts about this whole idea of being canceled. Number one, Early on in my practice, I was introduced to something called the purple elephant principle. And the concept is basically this. If someone calls me a purple elephant, I personally am not going to lose any sleep over that, right? I'm not going to have angst over it. I'm not going to be, you know, lying awake at night. What, 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 how dare they? Because nothing about me registers that or resonates with that as any level of truth right? So that's not a big fear of mine. Where I like to begin the cancellation discussion is often the thing that people are most afraid of is some fear of what somebody else is going to say that a part of them deep down worries is true. And I, I know this isn't the whole picture, but this is the first place that I tell people to look because I've had clients when we started to dig into this realize there's a part of me that still feels like a fraud or an imposter. Or there's a part of me that wonders if sometimes my business does more harm than good. There's a part of me that feels like I don't know enough to be 
you know, a spiritual leader or to be teaching these principles. And so often what I find is the deepest fears people have around cancellation is the stuff that they don't feel grounded and secure in. And so where that is present, you got to dig into that. And one of the things I love to give people as a, a practical exercise is whatever you think they're going to say about your business, practice answering it like it was an interview question and do this with yourself until you are confident and can stand in the answer. And I remember when I was starting out, I felt like people were going to say life coaching was this, life coaching was that, who are you? And of course, this is all internal voices in my head, but I practiced answering every single one of them so that there wasn't a single question I could get asked. I didn't have an answer that I stood behind. Um, and I think that's a big piece of it. Uh, the other thing that I would say is when it comes to the phenomenon of being canceled, we have to accept other people have free will. And so you actually can't control or guarantee what other people are going to do. And one of the things I, I'm big on manifestation, okay, big manifestation guy here. But I, I also know I'm not going to make a guarantee to a client that I can't in integrity make. So I can't tell a client, you're not going to get attacked. I can't tell a client, I guarantee nobody is going to come after you if we manifest correctly. We, we can't guarantee that because that's out of our control. And so for me, the kind of beliefs we need to form is, do you know that even if you got attacked, you are safe and your work will go on and you get to make money and you get to make an impact? and nothing could really touch the destiny that you were here to live. And that's the kind of beliefs I ultimately think we need to start forming. Oh, well, that was, that's fantastic, yeah. <laughs> this is so good. That's but so I wanna, yes, but I wanna jump, I just wanna jump to the next level of that. Um, so that's phenomenal. And and what I'm also hearing is, I when we talk about this, people need to feel safe. Yes, right? so it's a safe primary, and protected. It's a primary need, right? That's how That's how we can step into our confidence. People need to feel safe. But you also said you need to feel safe that, in essence, like regardless of what happens, you will have the opportunity to make money. And right then, I love doing this because I can hear our viewers and listeners saying, Stefan, but what if I don't? Because that opens up right. the next segment of, yeah, but are, are you aware of what's happening or potentially happening to our economy? What happens if this and there's the interest rates go up and I'm a realtor and in in all of these things. What about that? Because it's largely out of our control, but it weighs on us in in some people constantly, and it affects their ability. Yes, the uh, worrier here. It, the worst it, case <laughs> scenario queen. I grew up that way. <laughs> and then it affects your ability to function. Yeah. How do we navigate that for these things that we constantly think about, but honestly are kind of out of our control? Yeah, I love that we're having this conversation because this is exactly the kind of thing that I would say everybody is going through right now. <laughs> and so whether we're talking about it publicly or with our friends and colleagues or not, right. everybody is feeling these things. I've had sessions with clients where we said, let's talk about war for a second because it's really on my mind and I, I'm trying to lead a business and I can't shake it. And so the first thing I want to say is let's face these things so directly, right? So let's, if war is on your mind, let's look at what's there. When, when the pandemic first began, I had a session with my own personal coach and we talked about the fears I was noticing of fear of death, fear of loss, fear of financial loss. And 
I remember how freeing it was to know that I wasn't living in avoidance of something that was haunting me in the back of my mind, but I was willing to face it head on. And, and really, is that not what personal development is all about? So my, my first thing is we just have to look at some of these fears for what they are. If you're worried about a recession, let's talk about it. I'm not saying that we linger and repeat the fear a thousand times for no reason in our brain, but a lot of entrepreneurs I find won't even look at it in a productive, conscious way one time, and that would relieve so much of the fear. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the other piece of this is, and I'm just going to speak on the level of principle, what I believe, what I would coach any client, um, what I know to be true in our world is that there is simultaneously a collective experience always going on and an individual experience that all of us get to have, right? Now, this is a tricky thing because our individual experience is affected by the collective and the collective happenings are out of our control. But there's also this truth that in the middle of any collective experience, we also have the ability to create for ourselves the individual experience that we're going to have. And I always tell people, my, my foundation of principles that I really got rooted in as a coach is not some airy, fairy, fluffy thing that has never been through any life circumstance. You know, I think about there are people who lived through the Holocaust that now would give the advice to people going through the unthinkable, that when you're going through something that level of challenging, you, you cannot afford despair. And it is a necessity to take care of your mindset and choose your thoughts. That's not somebody saying choose your thoughts on a beautiful yacht, living their best life, and I'm all for that. That's somebody saying, I've been through the unimaginable. And I had to do the inner work to get through it. And it allowed me to create an experience that allowed me to survive and get to a better place on the other side. And so, you know, for me, I think when it comes to something like the economy, I look back on our last recession. And one of my favorite companies, SoulCycle, was founded in the middle of the recession. And I, I think it's such a good example because SoulCycle started in New York on all of these streets, not too far from, you know, from Wall Street. And people were panicking. It, it looked so dark. A lot of people were freaking out and really truly going through it. And there was legitimately a, a lot of people's lives and careers and things upended in that time. And yet, should the person who had the idea to start this experience, this fitness experience that they believed would add value to the world and change people's lives, I'm so thankful that they said, we might be going through this time collectively, but I believe that there's something coming through me that I have to contribute to the world. And I wanna put that out there anyway. And I'm so glad that those three women ultimately who started it did not say, this is a challenging time and I can't expect to succeed right now. In fact, they did succeed. And that company took off during the recession. And when the headline was, you know, New York and Wall Street and America doing very badly, they're having their own individual experience of every single class is selling out and the, the lines and the wait list and the black cars outside and they have to do classes in the Hamptons in the summer because there's so much demand. And, and the company's, you know, grown and grown ever since. And so I would challenge any of my clients, let's hold space, 
for the fears you're having around what's happening in the world and what's happening in the collective. And let's take care of you so that we're not bypassing the emotions there. But let's also remember the collective is going to be what it is out of your control. You still get to create on an individual level. And do you want to be the person that the circumstances ruined everything? Or do you want to be the person who, even in the middle of a tough time, you get to thrive? I'm going to choose to be the second. Mm. I I have to tell you, it's like you're speaking straight to me. I mean, Sean and I have been together for a very long time. And I always grew up as a big thinker, a big visionary, a creative mind, but that can serve you or it can destroy you depending on which direction it goes, right? And so for me, I have always had to um, tell myself, like, control the controllables. You only control the controllables. And what you're talking about is finding evidence that even in the midst of what's going on in the collective, that you can thrive and grow. And I love that because that is one thing that I feel like I'm taking away from you that I need to do more of in the times where my mind starts spiraling in what could be in a bad direction. I should go back and look at what was that flourish that thrives when things like that had happened in our past. And I think that's so powerful to find evidence in the midst of all of that. So you can reinforce that you can still live out your life and be your authentic self and go and live your calling. I mean, that's really powerful. I love that. I love it. That's um, I let's talk since we let's like shift gears again. So as we did, <laughs> so we did this fear. Um, I want to dive into anger. So you talked about the collective and there's a collective experience. And then I individually have my individual experience. But what if there's multiple collectives? There's a lot of division in the world. And when we talk about how um, business problems can oftentimes be personal problems in disguise, sometimes people are just mad. They're mad that the rest of the world doesn't see things their way. And it's everywhere, right? It's in politics. It's in the war. It's in the economy. It's in racial. It's in sexual tensions. It's everywhere. And how do we combat that? Because if I allow myself to get angry because other people hold a differing point of view than I have, this could ultimately lead to my own self-destruction. It could destroy my business. It could destroy my relationships. How do we navigate that? And even I sometimes wonder when I look at people, are, is it really anger? Are you really are, that Are angry? you really mad at that? What's are, the yeah. real trigger, right? Yeah. I'm sure you've dealt with that. Well, let me point out something that I love about the way that you asked that question. So you, you were saying, how do we combat this? And I was going to ask, well, are we talking combat it within ourselves or combat it out there? And then you said, and I was, I was so happy to hear you say this. You said, well, cause I noticed sometimes I myself get angry and, and feel these things. And I, I love that you said that because one of the things that I think personal development has always taught us that is so relevant here is that the change begins with you, not somebody else. And I think the biggest illusion that people get stuck in that keeps us getting nowhere is, well, I, I'm sure that I'm correct on all of this. Like, you don't understand. I am correct. And I'm just waiting for everyone else to see the light. And when two people with a differing perspective both feel that way, probably neither party's going to budge at all. We're both just going to keep digging in our heels, waiting for them to change. And so 
I actually think it's a very productive way to look at this of how can I first and foremost within myself address the anger, the division, the separation, because at some point we're going to have to start taking responsibility that I have to shift in some way. If we all keep waiting for them to shift, we're all perpetuating the problem, right? So that's where it begins for me. Um, but I also want to talk about ego versus values here. And I think I, I have this perspective on it because when you grow up in a cult, you see all or nothing, black or white, us versus them thinking on full display, right? And one of the things that is textbook cult ideology is we have the truth, all other viewpoints are wrong, we, we have shame, we have judgment, we might say that there's punishment or consequences for being wrong, and you gotta, you gotta be us to be right. And, and I saw that for 18 years as a child, growing up, and I constantly saw contradictions to it. I constantly saw it. They're not a bad person just because they don't believe the way we believe. They're, they're not evil because they X, Y, Z differently than us. But, and so us versus them thinking, I watched that modeled, but I also watched that not work. And I watched that keep people in fear growing up. And it's a lot of the reason I, I became who I am today. And so for me, this tricky thing happens where People hold a value and the value is something that matters to them. There, there might be a belief there. It might be related to their faith. It might be related to their family, how they view their loved ones. It might be related to their business or their purpose, whatever it is. People have a personal value and that's okay. And by the way, you're allowed to value whatever you value and it doesn't have to be the same as mine. I had a client who was very passionate about saving a specific species of endangered wild tree frogs. And that is not a personal, you know, deep passion of mine, but thank God, because I learned from her how important those tree frogs are to an entire <laughs> continent. Thank God somebody cares. So we all have values and yours don't have to be the same as mine, but where it gets tricky is then our ego enters in. And there's a lot of ways people define ego. I know we're not all talking about the same thing, but I'm talking about the part of us that needs to be right the part of us that thinks we're separate and it's me versus you, the part of us that believes in competition and all these things, and our ego kicks in. And the problem is these two get intertwined and we think, well, I'm just sticking to my values. I'm just doing what's right. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole lot of ego in the mix. And so what I wanna say is you are allowed to be angry about injustice and things you perceive that are not okay in the world and beautiful things have been born from that place. You are allowed to have an opinion and a point of view. You are allowed to speak your truth. You are allowed to have a choice, have a preference, make a decision for yourself. You're allowed to voice your opinion. All of these things are valid. Where we go wrong is where that ego enters in and where suddenly we way elevate the stakes beyond what they ever needed to be. And we need other people to change for us to be okay. And that's the thing that really tanks us. And so especially those of us who claim to be leaders, who do work on ourselves, who, who lead teams and are responsible for people, it's our ego that I think we, we have to check at the door and check at the door again and again to make sure we're not going into that place. Mm. So it's interesting that you bring this up because it makes me think, I mean, looking 
knowing that you take care and help a lot of successful people and have a great track record, I'm sure that you also have run into people that you are trying to help give them all the tools and yet they still don't take action, right? You talk about these things and they're not motivated to take the action to do the self work um, that's necessary. And so we talk about that all the time. Like You can't just listen to a podcast and hope and pray that everything will change. You need to get up off the couch and you need to take action. So do you have any like tips or advice for people that really struggle with taking that next step when they have the tools right in their toolbox? So I will say the advantage of the kind of person that ends up with me is that they're not necessarily just lazy. And I'm not saying there's no percentage of the population that's just lazy. That's not the entrepreneurs or the the entertainment people that I deal with, right? So we have to go a little bit deeper. And I want to speak to the person out there who's like, yeah, I don't think I'm lazy, but I know that I want this thing and I'm not taking the action. And I I want to speak to that because it's a very frustrating place to be when you're like, I don't even understand my own behavior. I know well, we, that I want this thing. Go ahead. Well, we say things, we say things, Stefan, like, um, I over, I'm an overthinker. I, I, I want it. I want I'm a perfectionist, perfectionist right? So we have these, the story. these stories yeah. for why we never took the leap. Right. And so, yeah, we, we convince ourselves that, oh, it's okay. So, I think if I had to distill what is usually happening there down to uh, the most common greatest hits of resistance list, okay? Here's the the top three things. And I'm not saying this will hit everybody out there, but these are the three places I would look. These are the three most common things. If you know you should be taking action, you're not, and you don't fully know why, lots of stories, lots of excuses, but here you still are, right? So one possibility is you might just be afraid of getting what you want. And I I am by no means the only person to teach this concept, but I am very, very passionate about it. I feel like I end up talking about it in every interview. We have been conditioned as a society to believe that fear of failure is the ultimate highest, greatest level of fear. And the truth of the matter is fear of success is often just as real, if not more of a force for people, because fear of success is ultimately just fear of change. And can I really trust what it's gonna look like on the other side of the change? So one place I would immediately tell people to look is, are you sure that you actually feel good on the deepest level about getting what you want? By the way, no judgment. If there's a part of you that's afraid of it, we just have to bring awareness to that and bring love in and, and do something about that fear. Otherwise you'll keep pushing it away. So that's the first thing is people say they want it, but they're, they're still deep down afraid of it. Second thing is people have not built the action into their lives in any way. So one of the things I'm very passionate about is helping people do the work in a sustainable way. So they don't just have a mountaintop retreat experience, or they don't just have a good, you know, one time, 10 day, 40 day, you name it thing, but that really they set themselves up for sustainable growth and sustainable success. And so a lot of the time people don't take action because they haven't built it into their lives in a way that they can or will actually do consistently. That's a huge one. Um, And then last but not least would be people's sense of identity. So ultimately we constantly reset back to who we believe that we are and how we see ourselves. There are a lot of people who want to take a new action, but the action is in direct conflict with their identity. 
and they never upgraded the identity. And so when those two things conflict, I can tell you what's going to win. You're not going to choose the action that feels in direct contradiction to who you are. You're going to reset back to, well, this is who I am. And that's where our stories often live. So that is the third and, and final thing I would say there is um, people have got to upgrade the identity. And I think that's often a missing piece where it's contradicting the action. Well, the you have a book. It's called How to Find Yourself, Love Yourself, and Be Yourself. Mm. I see a lot of that finding out who we are, right? So that our identity can match not only the action, but where we want to go too. Sometimes we, like you said, we might not feel worthy. Um, some people are like, yeah, I need way more Stefan Lovegrove in my no, life. Need you need Stephen. more Stefan Lovegrove in your <laughs> life. Know. How do people how do people get a hold of you? How can people connect and plug in with you? Obviously, you have such an amazing and beautiful energy that does. I think that honestly, it's not you you have in several places these conversations that change the world, but I think it's your presence, your energy, your being. Um, just as soon as you start talking, I think that you could just be saying whatever and people would be like, yes, this is amazing. But how do people plug in with you? Yeah, well, listen, this is a, a controversial idea in, in my world of personal growth, but I do believe energy is contagious. And I do believe that if you can shift to a new energy, uh, you find yourself showing up in new ways and creating a new life. And so I do believe in that. And that is really what I invite people to do. I think the easiest place to access everything is on my Instagram. The handle is Dr. Lovegrove, D-R-L-O-V-E-G-R-O-V-E. -E -E. Yes, that really is my last name. I get asked all the time in LA. It is not a stage name, it really is my last name. Um, but find me on Instagram. Uh, and get plugged in there. There is at the very top of my link in bio, there is a masterclass you can get for free where I talk about basically all the reasons that the principles you know by now and have heard a million times may not feel like they're working for you in at least one or more areas. And it's really just for my, my personal development junkies out there who have already gone through a lot of work but you're, there's always a next level and you're still feeling blocked in some places. You're still working on some things, trying to get to where you want to go next. So plug in there, get that for free and just get connected to my energy, to my emails, to my messages, because I have an intention that the free content I put out there is in and of itself enough to change somebody's life. And we hear testimonials like that every single year that, you know, I'm just on your email list. I just stay connected to you on socials, but this thing completely changed my trajectory. That is my intention, whether you work with me, buy from me ever again or not. Um, so get connected and let this energy do something for you because that is exactly what it is intended to do. I don't know why that's so controversial. I know. I love that. You <laughs> well, have to vibrate at the level of the things that you want to attract and your vibration helps change others. Go ahead, Stephanie. It, yeah, well, it's it's controversial because I understand there are people who have sold less than valuable or, or disappointing experiences. And the premise has been, oh, but you just want to get in my energy. And, and I will say, like, I do believe as leaders and business owners, we should hold ourselves to a high standard. I'm never just going to show up for something I'm teaching just with no plan, no content, no value. Oh, but my energy is just going to do it. So I will always make sure people are getting value. I just think it sounds so fluffy that often people think that's really not going to do something for me. And what I know to be true is people at the highest level know if I'm spiraling, 
This could affect a five, six figure client. This could affect a multi-million dollar deal. Shifting my energy in that moment is the most valuable thing to me. So, you know, you get it. Yes. hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> How to find yourself, love yourself and be yourself. It's available on amazon.com. Make sure that you plug in Dr. Stefan Lovegrove um, on Instagram follow all of his stuff. You're going to love him. Lastly, just real quick, how did you become America's life coach? So I had been coaching for almost two years and uh, the words came to me one day and I, I do not like the word download because it sounds so cheesy and I, I just get tired of hearing people say that their newest program is a download, but the words <laughs> came to me and it was the closest thing I've ever felt to that. And I didn't want to do anything with it. I sat on it for almost nine months actually and did nothing wow. with it because I said, that's audacious, that's ridiculous. Who would claim that? Who would whatever? And eventually I had this aha moment that I wasn't being asked to just slap on a title, to just try to be grandiose or a good PR angle, but I was being asked to grow into this identity of how I was going to impact really this country and this planet for decades. And so when I got that, I finally started slowly but surely putting it out there, but always from a way of, let me take this really seriously. And what does it look like for me to really show up as America's life coach today? And so that has been a guiding thought for me uh, since 2016, doing that. And uh, here we still are now. And now every outlet ever, ever has published it by now, but you know, that's where it started. That's how it came through. Absolutely oh, wow. love that. Stefan, thank you so much for spending this time with us as two individuals and also with everybody who views and listens to this podcast. It is so greatly appreciated. My parting thought is, though, you used the words, you said that you were kicked out of the cult. Um, I think that that was, uh, you were liberated. Um, like if there was any blessing, like thank goodness you were kicked out, right? Yeah. Like you were, you were let, you were let go. You were let free out of basically a cage so that you could fly and serve your own and potential, right? Like, millions I feel like you were, yeah, I feel like you were yeah. free. Thank goodness yeah. that that happened. Thank goodness. Thank Yes. <laughs> we are <laughs> very grateful for that moment. And yeah. thank you for standing up for yourself because I think that's what led to your freedom, right? That's what led to that because you were kicked out because of who you were identifying at. You were saying, this is me. And they were like, okay, well then you leave. But that's that's a very big life lesson, I think, because you know we covered these things, being canceled, being fearful, being angry. But you know, in a lot of ways, Stefan could look back on this and be like, oh, woe is me. Like I was separated from family. I was right. separated from these things. But really, you were able to see that you were liberated and you were liberated to step into your full authentic self. And obviously, America has benefited. So thank you so very much just for being you. Thank you. I, I think that is the greatest responsibility, but also privilege. So thank you all for being you as well. Thank you. Oh, thank you. All right, our friends. Just like always, we'll be back again next week with another. I don't know how we top this one, but we'll try. <laughs> We're going to have another guest on the None of Your Business podcast. Until then, thank you so much for tuning in.